This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm Mike Wilson, the Ultimate Least fan, filling in for Wally, who is uh, taking advantage of the warmer weather in Florida. But we're fooling you because it's going to be pretty warm here today in the next couple of days. So, Wally, how are things down uh, in the sunny south? I got to tell you, it's not sunny in the sunny south today. It's pretty gloomy down here, and uh, we've got a wind advisory in effect. It's uh, it's a different Florida weather today. It's uh, all not all that comfortable. I'm probably better off in Toronto today, to be quite honest with you, Mike. Okay, Wally. Well, you know what? Well, for once, we got one up on you, okay, when you're, when you're away. So, so finally, went our way. Yeah. And as usual, always one that, that pulls those statistics just out of the air and is always never ceases to amaze on the sports side. Naz, good, good morning. morning. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm doing good. Good morning, Wally. Good morning, Naz. Well, guys, we've got an interesting uh, hour coming up with uh, a couple interesting topics. Always the engaging Mike Trakos will talk about hockey and life around the NHL. Of course, our Maple Leafs, we don't really want to talk much about them these days. But anyway, (laughs) we've got something to talk about there. And, of course, Sean Fitzgerald, an interesting article written for The Athletic this week on uh, the the, the fate or the non-fate of uh, Sports Talk Radio moving forward. And ironically, uh, just what we happen to be doing here this morning. So, and a couple other things to get to. And Wally, why don't you lead us off with a couple of thoughts this morning? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, over the course of the history on our show, we've uh, we've always paid tribute to the greats of the game. Uh, we had a Johnny Bauer tribute show. We had a, a Gordie Howe tribute show. We had a Jean Beliveau tribute show. And the Jean Beliveau tribute show was really the, the point in time when Naz and I got connected to David Keon and... Uh, um, Made him a part of our, of our show at times, and uh, and there's another great of the game. I think we'd be remiss uh, if we didn't pay homage to him this morning. Um, the great, the great Henri Richard, uh, and I say that he was a great hockey player. Sort of lived in his brother's shadow. Uh, he wasn't uh, he wasn't the goal scorer his brother was. He didn't have the fiery temperament his brother Maurice had. Uh, he wasn't the national hero. That Maurice Richard was, a, you know, a hero, but not the national hero that his brother was. Sort of in in the uh, in the shadow of the elegance of of Jean Beliveau. But I think it I think it's appropriate this morning to to pay homage to the to the fine man that he was, uh, quiet man, uh, fierce competitor. Most games ever played by a Montreal Canadian. Uh, the most gloried franchise in the history of the game, uh, with, with all due respect to uh, being a Toronto Maple Leaf fan and to Leafs Nation. Uh, for 11 Stanley Cups, just think about that one. People will say, oh, well, it was in the pre, uh, pre-expansion era. 11 Stanley Cups, uh, a record that will never be matched. Nobody will ever come close to it. 
two Stanley Cup winning goals, 1966 and 1971. And for me, Henri Richard, I will always remember him. Game 7, Chicago Stadium, 1971. The Habs are getting killed for the Stanley Cup. Jacques Lemaire uh, takes a shot from center, goes through Stanley, uh, Tony Esposito. The game turns around. And who scores? Which clutch guy comes up who had been had a feud with Al McNeil in Game Six because Al McNeil, the coach, had I think sat him a little bit in Game Six or Five. I can't remember. And uh, the veteran uh, Henri Richard steps up, scores the tying goal and scores the winning goal, the Stanley Cup winning goal. And I will always remember um that particular game in Henri Richard's exploits he was he was a legend he was a hero to so many and i think it's appropriate that we uh, uh we just say Henri uh you entertained us uh you inspired us and <clears throat> we may not have loved the habs but uh we certainly respected you rest in peace my friend very well done very well done he was uh, a very slick hockey player Wally he was a great skater just yeah, tremendous so much skater. Of, yeah, yeah, so much of uh, the battles uh, with the Leafs during the 60s are so much so memorable. I mean, we chatted with Dave Keon, I remember, uh, on, on our Jean Beliveau tribute show, and everybody everybody used to say that, uh, you know, David uh, used to line up against uh, Jean Beliveau and he used to he shut Jean Beliveau down. Actually, when we talked to Dave, he sort of corrected the record for us. Uh, he said, no, it was usually Punch matched him up against Henri, and he usually matched Red Kelly up against John Bellabo. Uh And, you know, I can only imagine, uh, you know, I remember a few of them, but Dave Keon and Henri Richard going toe-to-toe. Wow, that uh, two, of, two of the greats of the game with all the skill sets. Uh, uh, battles that we will uh, forever remember. They're called forever rivals and uh, certainly a great part of our youth a great part of our hockey memories, and uh, God bless them. Yeah, well, on, on that note, uh, well said, guys. Uh, again, you know, I guess the only thing you could say uh, wrong about him was the fact he played for the wrong team. But uh, <laughs> speaking of which... I, I agreed. I uh, speaking of which, uh, let's move on to our team. So, Naz, you and I were talking off here before. What do you think? <laughs> I'm not sure. What's your meter we're running at today, Wally? <laughs> Mike, I don't know if you've been, uh, you know, uh, following the show lately, but a, a few weeks back, I developed the Wally uneasy meter. Uh, yeah. I got I got uneasy about whether the Leafs are going to make the playoffs. So we've been up and down. Oh yeah. The high I've been, the high I've been is nine point five out of ten. It's sort of like that doomsday clock that you think a nuclear Armageddon is coming. It's at eleven fifty nine, whatever. I got the Wally uneasy meter last week. We had a we had a great week the week before. I don't know if you guys recall, which brought me down under nine. You're eight and a half. I was no, I was eight point nine. Now, now you know we had a horrendous week this week, uh, which we'll we'll get into it. Uh, Mike will lead us into it. Um, uh, Naz, the Panthers won last night. Um, they are, I believe, three points behind the Leafs with one game in hand. Correct. Uh, I, I'm shooting it up to I'm shooting it up to nine point four. We got Tampa, we got the Bruins, and we got Nashville this week. Um, I'm I'm up to nine point five. It's nine point four. Sorry, it's not my highest, but uh, I'm starting to get a little bit sweaty. Thirteen games left in the season. We're uh, uh, I'm getting nervous, Mike. Well, those aren't the games to worry about. Okay, the way the Leafs go, uh, these three games they're <laughs> going to probably win all three of them. The games that are going to matter are the last two against Ottawa and Montreal, and you know. 
they're going to matter, and you know they're going to be like Game 7 Stanley Cup Finals against both those teams, and they will enjoy every second to try to stick it to Toronto. So that's what we've got in store, and you just know the way the hockey gods go when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's what's going to happen. That, that's a really good point, Mike, because there's, you know, we, you're right, Ottawa-Montreal, last two games of the season, and man, would they love to stick it to the Leafs. Um, let's have a chat about what happened this week. I mean, three games out on the West Coast, um, you know, three of the three of the teams with the worst records um, in the NHL. Uh, but though sometimes those are the toughest games because you're playing up against teams that are really not uh, don't have a lot of pressure on them. Uh, so they, you know, they and 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 you know, the least <laughs> for the going into the week, they had the they had the, the highest offense in the NHL, most goals scored in the NHL. Man, they went dry out there. Um, yeah, but the thing there, is, there's a lot of teams going dry right now. Yeah, but there's a lot. But the other thing is, they're okay. The highest scoring team in the league, but there are th- there's only three teams, the worst teams, leagues below them in, in goals given up. So well, you're, you're not going to win games eleven nine. Like that's not going to happen. And you know, if, the, the problem with Toronto Maple Leafs that you're seeing right now is, I mean, it's on the players. And you know, the fact is, teams. And I've said this many, many times in the show is the teams have figured them out. And what they're doing is they're not chasing them anymore. And the chase means when they get the puck, the Leafs have possession of the puck all the time. Any team they play, and I don't care who it is against. But the problem is. All of a sudden, they let them cycle, cycle, cycle. They turn that puck over, and the next thing you know, it's two on one or three on one going the other way. And, you know, Tyson Berry's behind the goal line, and, and that's where they're stuck. And Marner, if you'll watch, I mean, it's, ir- it's so funny to watch Twitter now because last year they were just ripping Nylander. Now it's Marner who's getting ripped, and they want to trade him. So, I mean, you just got to love social media. But the fact is, look how many shots he's taken from outside the perimeter because he has nowhere else to go with the puck. And all the Leafs right now is what they're doing. They're focusing on 34, and they're looking to set him up. And I know he's hot, and I know that he's got a wicked shot and all that stuff. But the fact is, they've, you know, when the stick, when things get a little tight, they start squeezing yeah. those sticks can, a little can, bit. Can you believe these guys have one goal in the last three games? Well, that's really, really something. But you know, again, you're playing against. You pointed out, well, you're playing against teams with nothing to lose. These guys are playing for their jobs. The Leafs are trying to play to fight to stay in the playoffs. You'd rather have them playing the three teams they play this week than playing those well, three teams you, last week. Well, did you watch any of the Tampa Bay Boston game? Yeah, I, I, I heard about. Chara it. lost his title. He's not the heavyweight <laughs> champion anymore. Well, he got pinned know, twice talk, by I want, Maroon. I want to talk to Michael Trakos about that. Uh, Tampa and Boston—they—they <laughs> they are uh, likely headed uh, to a likely headed to a second round battle. But in the playoffs, you never—you never know. Uh, what's going to happen? Um, uh, there's always going to be. There's one thing that's as certain as uh, as taxes and and that other and that other one we don't want to talk about. But the other thing that's certainty is always is playoff upset. So uh, you know, Tampa and Boston look like they're headed to uh, to a heavyweight title match in the playoffs, and they certainly got round one started yesterday. Uh, didn't get to watch it, but I certainly read about it. These teams don't seem to like each other all that much, and and good for Tampa because they realize, I guess John Cooper's realized he's got to send a message now. Um, maybe getting ahead of himself because you know he, he may get he may get a first round playoff uh, uh, matchup against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you know we can criticize the Toronto Maple Leafs all we want. Uh, but I still think deep down they're a team that a lot of teams don't want to play in the playoffs because they are capable of catching lightning in a bottle. Uh, I'm not going to count them out, 
nothing I've seen uh, except for the week before. Nothing I saw this week would inspire me. But uh, I think John Cooper went into the game yesterday and said, guys, uh, we can't get pushed around. Um, we've got to send a message. They won the game, and he, and he certainly sent the message. Um, so uh, Tampa knows, I think, what they've got to do um, compared to last year. And uh, and uh, that uh, that is a developing feud that uh, if they do meet in the playoffs, I will certainly tune that series in. Well, I'll tell you Watch what. out for the Flyers, guys. I'll oh, tell you. I've got to talk about that as well, and certainly a topic for Michael Trakos. But go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say, I gave you last year Tampa as the upset, upset uh, victim, and, and they were. And I'll, I will go on the record saying this year that Boston and Tampa will not be playing against each other in the playoffs. One of them will not be there. And you better watch the just touchdown with Philadelphia. Watch that at the side. Outside of those two teams in this division on our side, the only teams that really have carried any weight, the rest of the teams you can throw in a basket, really. And I'm, I'm including the Leafs in that group, too. Columbus, the Islanders. On the other the side, on the other side... These teams have been in dogfights since day one. Yeah. These guys are playing playoff hockey the last couple of months. You don't want to play any one of those teams on the other side, whereas on our side, it's a bit of a gift. Well, you know what, my, um, uh, Mike? Um, you know, some teams are getting hot, you know, and, you know, the Flyers, you know, I can't say I've been watching them all that closely. Obviously, uh, you know, I, I, w- I want to have that discussion with Michael Trakos, uh, where that came from. Uh, I guess the goalie is Carter Hart. Yep. Uh, he's uh, apparently he's developed into an NHL caliber goalie fairly quickly. Uh, and you know what? As Jordan Binnington proved last year, yeah. uh, you, you, you got a guy back there who's standing on his head makes all the difference in the world. Uh, the Rangers have, the Rangers have made a run. Um, Islanders are still there. You know, they've been up and down. I mean, last year, who would have, who would have guessed Carolina would have would have done had that run that they had in the playoffs? And nobody saw that coming. Um, yeah, you're you know, I agree with you. Um, we may not see Tampa and Boston go head to head in the playoffs because one of them is going to get upset or both. Well, you know you just, what? You just never know. Let's leave that. Let's get some thoughts from uh, Mr. Trakos in a minute here. And so let's just uh, take. We've got to take a short break. We're going to come back and we're going to hear what he has to say about all this. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville decided to stonebake our pizzas the traditional way. That was over 50 years ago. Since then, the big pizza conglomerate started cooking their pizzas on conveyor belts, like you see at the airport. Now you can choose authentic Italian stonebake pizza or pizza you could mistake for luggage. Pizzaville stonebaked pizza, fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. 
Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I'm Mike Wilson, the Ultimate Least fan filling in for Wally, who's vacationing in Florida, but is with us on the phone this morning. Uh, that is, yes, that is a phone. They still use those uh, from time to time uh, when we can. But uh, joining us, uh, the always engaging and uh, insightful Mr. Michael Tracos from uh, Post Media. Good morning, Mike. Hey, how's it going today, guys? Doing good, doing good. Well, we were just talking before the break about uh, some of the upsets and what could be happening in an after 13 games we get into the tournament. Uh who should we be? Uh, who you think we should be watching for come playoff time? Oh, like who's going to sneak in? Yeah, like who's who's that? I mean, outside everybody's talking about Boston, Tampa is sort of clashing at some point. I don't think that's going to happen. I think one of them will not be there. But uh, the other side, Philadelphia, has all of a sudden snuck themselves into the conversation uh, quite uh, handily. So that uh, they were one of the names we threw out there. I mean, who should we be looking for along with those guys? You know what? Any of the teams that get the wild card spot, and whether it's going to be the Islanders, the Blue Jackets, the Hurricanes, or even the Rangers from the East, I would be severely or seriously uh, worried about just because it means that they've had to play really good hockey down the stretch just to get in and desperate hockey. And we saw it last year where you know the top seed in the East and the West went down. And I think for that <clears throat> very same reason is that. You know, there's desperate teams there just fighting to get in. I think Columbus got in on the last day. And um, if that's that's the case, again, I'd be um, really worried if I was Boston or Washington or Pittsburgh uh, or Philadelphia, whoever claims that top spot in the Metro, because you're going to be playing a really good wildcard team um, from the Metropolitan Division. And, you know, I'd still be shocked if the Rangers get in, and yet I wouldn't be surprised at all because, you look at how our Tammy Panarin and Mika Zibanejad have been playing right now, and 
the goaltending they've been getting from anyone named uh, not uh, Henrik Lundqvist. <laughs> and that, that, that's kind of a scary scenario there. But, um, yeah, that's the one I'm really curious about. It looks like Toronto's going to just be fighting for uh, third place with Florida, but uh, that wild card spot um, is being contested by four really good teams out of the Metro. Michael, Philadelphia has been looking for a goalie for the last 30 years. I think they found one in Hart. What do you think of his goaltending? You know, I got to see him uh, at the World Juniors a number of years ago, and a uh, uh, funny guy in terms of he's got his superstitions, like an old-time goaltender. Um, I remember he had the exact same meal he's been eating <clears throat> for the last, like, 10 years, and he had a, a thing where he had to leave the ice last after um, – uh, the warm-up, uh, and he got into a kind of a little showdown with another goaltender where um, both of them were aware of the superstition. And uh, But, you know, he, he's cool as a cucumber, I guess you could say. And, you know, along with uh, Elliot, who's still you know, a, a capable number two or at least a guy that can push your, your starting goaltender, I think Philadelphia, you're right, is getting the goaltender they've desperately needed. And, again, the coaching they desperately needed. I think a lot of people are now... Uh, maybe putting Vignon, uh in terms of um, the Jack Adams uh, trophy, um, and, and deservedly so. It's going to be an interesting one. Uh, it's hilarious to see, like, out of nowhere. Um, now they're tied with Washington for top spot in the Metro. No one saw this coming. Uh, Michael, uh, just before we leave the Flyers, um, yeah, nobody saw this coming. Uh, we all know about Claude Giroux. We really haven't followed the Flyers that closely the last couple of years, but... Uh, what? Where else is this coming from? Who else is? Uh, what? What are the Flyers doing? Who are the players? Who? How have they turned this around? Well, that's the funny thing. Like Claude Giroux is not even having a typical Claude Giroux <clears throat> type season. Um, <clears throat> really, it's <clears throat> for most of the year. It's offensively. It's been coming from Travis Konechny, who you know, at least had a chance to drafting, and that was a draft where they. Uh, swap picks and went down a little bit and ended up with uh, Dermot as one pick and I can't remember what happened to the other one. I'm sure uh, it might have been Bracco with the other pick. Um, could be wrong there, but I, I know that that was the year where they they were basically the pick that they had uh, went to Philly and Travis Konechny gets picked and this guy has been amazing. Um, great junior player and has been doing it for them, but defensively they've been really good. Uh, Provorov has been good. Niskanen has been uh, a guy who won a Stanley Cup in Washington and um, has been just a steadying force, I think, for the young back end there. So, um, well coached team, and you know, the, in terms of depth, they've been getting it. Now they're going to be hurt because I think James Van Riemsdyk is out uh, for uh, a considerable time with an injury. But um, yeah, that, that's a team that you know quietly has kind of come out of nowhere. Well, you know, we 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 can't uh, you know pass by all this without <laughs> speaking about you know who, Mike. So, I mean, <laughs> what is happening there? I mean, it's up and down and all over the place. I mean, have you ever seen? Well, yeah, well, I shouldn't say that. This is my police. We've seen this before, but anything sort of almost uh, it's it's as crazy as this has gone up and down. And I mean, they go out west and score like one goal in three games, and just I, I mean, what's going on? I don't know. Like you beat Tampa. You beat Pittsburgh, or you're, let's say, let's start here. Like you get blown up by Pittsburgh, you come back with one of your best efforts of the season. Then you lose to a Zamboni driver against Carolina. Then you come back and you beat Tampa Bay and Florida and Vancouver. And you're right, you go at West, where you're thinking, okay, three of the some of the worst teams in the Western Conference, and it's not the league. And you come back uh, with what one point out of three games against San Jose, LA, and Anaheim, man. 
well, you can draw some sort of moral victories from the way they played against L.A. And even against Anaheim, I thought the effort was there. But, you know, this isn't the time where you need effort. You need to pick up some wins. You need to, you know, distance yourself from Florida. And instead, they're going now to a Tuesday against Tampa Bay. And then Nashville and Boston, like, you've got a hard schedule ahead of you. And, you know, Florida picks it up. Um, this could be a Leaf team that's out of the playoffs. And I think that's the only thing that's saving Toronto right now is that as bad as they've been, Florida has been even worse at times. And um, they pick up a big win against Montreal, but really they've been cracking the bed, so to speak, uh, for the last month or so um, and really kind of given Toronto an opportunity to take it. And Toronto's sort of taken it, sort of not taken it. And you're right, it, it, inconsistency at its best. And I don't know how to handicap it in terms of is this a playoff team? Michael, they seem to play only when they're, they're, they're against the wall, right? Forcing them to play that, you know? It's kind of tough. What, sorry? It, they look to me like the team that only face, uh, they face adversity and then they come on strong. Well, yeah, as know. an example, I think along the lines of that, I mean, what Naz, I think, is, is saying here is the fact that, you know, you go out west and you, you touched on it, and I know the play, I, you listen to some of the players, uh, you know, go through this, and even Keith suggests that they like the fact, like, the moral victory is how they play. They play those tight games and low-scoring games, but Again, that's got to be the other way around. They're supposed to be the team. Like, L.A. is supposed to be a team matching up against Toronto, not the other way around. Toronto playing down to them and playing a low-scoring game. It's them with the moral victory who've held the Maple Leafs to no goals and tying them or beating them or whatever they do as far as the game goes. And to me, that, that concerns me that that train of thought is not, listen, we've got to beat these teams. And like, let's face it, I mean, those are teams you've got to beat. And they've got to set that bar higher for teams to come after them, not the other way around. It should be that way. And it hasn't been that way. Uh, Michael, what are you hearing about Morgan Riley and, uh, and CeCe? Uh, um, CeCe, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure he's going to make that much difference. But Morgan Riley, if he comes back healthy, and there's rumors that he might actually uh, suit up this week. Uh, if Morgan Riley's healthy and he's able to play you know, 22, 24 minutes a game, uh, that redistributes the minutes amongst the defensemen that, and gives, puts them back in, certainly in roles, uh, roles that they should be in rather than the roles that they're forced to be in. What are you hearing about Morgan Riley, and what do you think about uh, uh, the effect that will have on the team if he comes back healthy? Well, they got CC back against Anaheim, and you know, he played oh, okay. around 12 minutes basically third-pairing minutes. Um, but, yeah, Riley and Muzzin are the guys they missed, not CeCe. Uh, granted, CeCe is an NHL who's logged a ton of minutes in the, in the league, um, and he might be better than some of the younger options. Um, but, yeah, the guys they missed are Riley and Muzzin. And it sounds like Muzzin uh, is further along. Sorry, is going to be further along than Riley, and Riley's going to come back a little sooner. Um, but, yeah, they don't need just need him back. They need him back playing the way they were playing before they got hurt. And uh, Riley's a guy that, you know, as good of season as he had uh, a year ago, um, there was a little bit of a drop-off. Uh, maybe it was because of nagging injuries this year, but um, he, he's a guy that, at his best, um, can really make a difference uh, in terms of defensively and uh, offensively. I think he changes the whole look of that defense. And uh, when you're missing a guy that plays that many minutes and plays that many important minutes and can do things with the puck and without the puck that 
really your other five defensemen can't do. Uh, it's a huge loss, and I'm, I'm not saying he's the reason why the Leafs are inconsistent, but um, I think if he gets back healthy and the Leafs are in a playoff spot and Muzzin gets back and he's healthy as well, um, it's a completely different look that they present on defense. And, um, yeah, I'd be curious to see what this team can do with those guys in the lineup at the same time. You know, even when Riley was there, um, same problems were persisting. Uh, that's not an excuse. Yeah, and I, I mean, the other guy they're missing, too, and we hopefully get back probably, hopefully, in the next week or two is Mikhaev. Because, I mean, he's he's kind of that diamond in the rough that they found that really gave the team a spark. Enveld filled that role to a degree, but it's sort of flatlined in the last month or so. But I think with him back in the lineup, it just give them – it could be a, a, a synergy that could f- filter throughout the, the whole team. You know what it's like when a new guy comes back and it just sparks an energy for everybody. And everybody plays a little different. Even, you know, Barry, who's been, been getting the Raleigh minutes and the Muslim minutes and playing, it'll make him – press a little harder even himself to get those minutes back because they're going to be distributed to eight and uh, to Riley so I mean I think the thing is is that that is the one positive the team will take away from it aside from the fact that they will contribute on the talent side as well um, Mike the missing guys though that's the thing it's like Toronto's missing players and it's kind of hard to like feel that story for them like look at the injuries Carolina's racked up yeah. Columbus basically every night they lose another key player and and they don't make any excuses. All they do is just play tighter hockey and better as a team. Uh, I don't know why Toronto can't sort of take that same sort of message with their team. Uh, as long as they've got Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander in the lineup, really there's no excuse. Like Those are your four highest-paid players. I know they can only do so much, but really it's got to come from them. And um, you look at the last three games on the road, Tavares is zero points. No goals in the last five games. I thought Nylander's played his best hockey recently, but um, Matthews on a giveaway um, against Anaheim that leads to a, a huge goal by Adam Henrique. Um, as good as he's been, and he's been a total horse, I think, on both ends, he still has to, you know, he's got to play almost near-perfect hockey. Like, you don't see those giveaways from guys like Patrice Bergeron or Jonathan Taze on a nightly basis, and I think you're still seeing that out of the top guys, and um, they've got to just be that much better, especially with the injuries. Well, Mike, you know we do uh, we do th- you know appreciate your thoughts, and time is always of uh, our enemy in these cases. Uh, again, we got to thank the Leafs for one thing, though, because I know with the Leafs, what would you have to write about? I mean, it, it's going to give you uh, it gives you just great material every week. These guys, if they were if there was if they were consistent, you'd have nothing to write about. So, Michael uh, Chair lost the belt last night to Maroon in the brawl. Who lost the belt? Oh, Chara. Chara, he lost the heavyweight oh. championship. No, but he'll still run guys from behind every time, <laughs> so don't worry about that. But listen, guys, we want to thank you, Mike, as always, for joining us. Uh, again, as I said, time's of the essence. We uh, will take a short break, and we're going to be back with uh, Sean Fitzgerald. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville declared, We'll never be the fastest! We'll never be the cheapest! We'll never be the snazziest dressed! What? Yeah, my point is, we want to be the best. At Pizzaville, we want to make the best pizza. Stone-baked, the traditional Italian way. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. 
It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Opinions expressed on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. And welcome back. I'm Mike Wilson, the Ultimate East fan, uh, hosting uh, the show here today with Naz and Wally joining us from Florida. On the phone, we have... Sean Fitzgerald, who wrote an interesting article for The Athletic this week. Great publication, by the way. I love that site, uh, by the way, Sean. But uh, on uh, Sports Talk Radio and what it holds in the future. Sean, welcome first off this morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, great. So, I mean, you've written this article. I've gone through it. Um, Why don't you bring us up to speed on what uh, kind of the highlight of the whole piece is? Yeah, so, I mean, for, for decades, uh, the Fan 590, uh, now the Sportsnet 590, the Fan, I mean, it was the first all-sports radio station in Toronto, and for years, uh, despite numerous challenges from several different companies, it maintained sort of a, a healthy lead atop uh, the two critical uh, drive programs. That would be the morning and the afternoon drive program, which are just critical for especially sports talk radio and the ratings book, which, you know, goes on to advertisers and everything like that. So, you know, there have been challenges over the years. There was, there was one in 2000, 2001 from Chum Radio uh, that was known as the team. It lasted 15 months. And then there was, you know, briefly, um, well, not so briefly, but AM 640 
um, which had the Leafs rights, also went for a, not an all-sports format, but definitely a sports-heavy format. And neither one was able to sort of catch the fan in either of those two prime sort of drive periods. So TSN Radio 1050 launched 2011, and for years, um, its ratings were, were, I mean, it, you could call it charitably called a minuscule by comparison. And then, you know, over the last year or so, uh, it started making inroads. Uh, chipped away in the afternoon drive program last year. And then in this recent ratings book, which was a 13-week period over the winter, uh, TSN 1050, you know, won key demographics for both the, the morning and the afternoon drive program. Uh, Sean, Wally Rigabon here. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. And we, you know, we chatted on uh, we chatted on the phone the other day, and once again, fantastic article. Thanks so much for joining us. And as uh, I'll, I'll echo Mike Wilson, uh, the, I'm I'm a big fan of the Athletic. I'm one of the early subscribers, and I certainly look forward to reading uh, some some great articles that are published there. Uh, many of which are yours. Um, when you, I saw your I'm article. I'm not sure that's true, but I appreciate the compliment anyway. No, uh, <laughs> I, I always enjoy reading. Uh, there's one of the last places you can find some intelligent discussion about certain things. Uh, that's not intended as a criticism to anybody else. It's just a compliment to you guys. Um, as soon as I saw that article, it's it's a story that we've been following um, on our show for a while. We knew this was coming. Uh, I'm just quite quite frankly shocked. Uh, I call it a seismic shift. I've been had uh, some correspondence with our station manager about the ratings on Friday. I've uh, been cautioned uh, to say that you, you, sometimes you have to. Sometimes these numbers can be unreliable if you're taking a specific set of them. But it's the pattern that's important, and there's no question what the pattern here is. Um, TSN has made incredible strides in a short period of time. Uh, for whatever reason. Um, we go back, Bob McCowan, I mean, what's happened at Sportsnet in the last year, uh, and, and we're cautioned to be critical about other stations as well, and uh, uh, McCowan's gone. Uh, and at one time, he had a ratings book that was 10 times his competition. Um, and the morning show, for the first time, first up, uh, appears to have more ratings than the Fan 590. How significant is this in the sports talk radio hemisphere, Sean? This is, it's really striking that this has happened so quickly. Yeah, I mean, quickly, I guess it's a relative term that, you know, sport, you know, TSN radio has undergone numerous changes as well that, um, you know, they, they did launch with, with a very different looking roster in, in 2011 and, and they have gone through, you know, more than one host, uh, with Michael Landsberg in the morning slot. They've gone with, you know, different formats in the afternoon. So it has been a process for them. But, I mean, you know, if you're looking for context, you're looking to say, what does this mean? It's not, it's not hyperbole to say that this is, um, this is unprecedented. Um, the fan for so long ruled that slot, especially in the afternoon, which is, which is just so important for advertisers and for the stations to sort of market themselves as the number one voice in Toronto. Um, what TSN Radio has kind of done is, I mean, they went a couple ways. They went they went hockey heavy. Um, so Carlo Koliakovo coming in in the morning uh, to to co-host with Michael Landsberg, um, and then you have you know a former Leaf Jeff O'Neill in the afternoon with Jamie McLennan and Brian Hayes. Um, hockey heavy, 
and neither place is necessarily going to be where you're going to find, you know, really serious-minded talk about what escrow payments might look like next year for NHL players or, you know, having a, a really extensive legal breakdown on the, the upcoming labor negotiations or something. It's, it's generally, you know, they're going to talk sports like you talk sports around a, you know, breakfast table with coffee with buddies. Well, I think part of the problem is is the fact that, you know, I've been retired now for four years, so I do spend a lot of time listening to this to try and uh, figure out what it is that these guys do. But listen, let's be as respectful as we can about it. It's, it's, it's the talent. Uh, I mean, you know, there has to be some onus on some of these stations, I think, uh, for maybe putting a bit of handcuff on these guys or reining these guys in, limiting them to what they can say and restricting some of their comments because... I mean, quite frankly, I, I cannot believe some of the things we hear on the radio. These guys are doing this for a living, and I'm sure if we sat in the room here, these guys would have stories abound, and it just could you know, have us laughing all day long telling this thing was with their opinion. But outside of guys like Brian Burke, who's just phenomenal and the best guy on, on, on sports talk radio and TV, uh, who has an opinion, but he backs it up with stories and statistics— it gets pretty thin, and you know, and you know, guys are worried because I'm sure they don't want to say the wrong thing because all of a sudden you get fired. And look what they're doing with these guys—they're just hacking these guys left, right, and center. So, I think you see things like podcasts have taken over. Uh, you know, you don't have to be as extreme as Spit and Chicklets, where they which are the superstars now of the of that uh, social world, and with uh, the social media as it is, and everybody getting notifications every two seconds when something happens. I mean, the competition is very difficult. So this, to me, again, comes back to the station where they have to let these guys speak and voice their opinions. I mean, wouldn't you think that is possible there, son? Well, I mean, I think they do. Um, I mean, certainly there are standards. Um, there's standards that have to be followed as per Canadian broadcasting rules. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, generally, I don't think that, you know, TSN puts any reins necessarily on overdrive, the host, the, the three guys there, other than, you know, don't get the CRTC on our tail. And yeah, no, podcasting, it's an interesting thing. And I think it's a bit of a separate discussion because if we're talking about, you know, things that are eating into, you know, radio's dominance, even in its traditional strangleholds, uh, you know, among commuters in the car, you know, on, you know, what used to be a Walkman on the train, um, podcasts are. I mean, I think they're making a, a, a noted um, you know, sort of infringement on traditional radio strongholds so that, you know, now increasingly you're seeing these stations emphasize not, not just who's listening, because frankly, some of those numbers, you know, what we're talking about here is, you know, TSN taking a lead. In the grand scheme of things, it's still pretty small in terms of the audience. So that's, you know, you're starting to see a lot of them, especially TSN, um, emphasizing how many people are downloading. So whether that be a live stream listening to, to Overdrive or whether it be um, people downloading podcasts or watching on YouTube when they, they put their clips up digitally, you're seeing a lot of the emphasis placed on that. Sean, what, what are the categories that uh, are reported for the listeners that uh, need to know? What are, what are the categories that are reported in the ratings? The categories, yeah, no, the, the ratings are, I mean, they break them down any way you want. It's, um, I mean, the big one that the TSN radio um, and, and Sportsnet would be looking for is, is uh, men 25 to 54, because that would be the, you know, what they see is the, sort of the target demographic. That's, that's who they believe would be listening to Sports Talk Radio. Uh, actually, Sean, we've had that debate on our show a numerous amount of times. The number one debate, uh, Naz brought up this point, we're not convinced that there's room for two 
24-7 sports talk radio shows uh, and for both uh, stations, sorry, uh, that's a debate. Uh, the demographic, uh, obviously, we're on Zoomer Radio, and just so you're aware, Sean, we don't consider ourselves competition for Fan 590, TSN 1050. That's not what we do. We listen to them. We're fans of them. We're, you know, we're fans on the air. Uh, I enjoy sports listening. I always enjoyed McCallum. Um, I mean, but we're a different demographic on this show. And, and amongst my cohort, uh, to be quite frank, I'm 63 years old, been listening to sports talk radio ad infinitum. Mike Wilson's the same. Uh, Naz Marchese's the same. All my buddies are all the same. I've got to be quite frank with you, Sean. Um, McCallum got dust. Uh, let me rephrase that. Uh, that he's not on the air anymore uh, for whatever reason, and I don't want to get into it. Um, a lot of us have start, A lot of our demographic has tuned out. We're not listening anymore. And there was a lot of us. There's a lot of us in our demographic that want to listen to sports talk radio, and we don't feel that TSN or Sportsnet 590 is speaking to us. Um, any sense of whether they, you know, whether 25 to 54 is the appropriate demographic to be uh, uh, for sports talk radio, or maybe they should be extending that age limit a little bit more. Well, I mean, frankly, that's a bit above my pay grade. Um, yeah, okay. I didn't spend I didn't spend a lot of time talking to sociologists and dem- demographers about, um, you know, what the, the business sense of that would be. But yeah, no, like media, and I don't have to tell you guys, but I mean, this whole landscape, it's molting, right? Like it's shedding its skin. It's finding a new way forward and it has to or else it will die. Um, and you're not just seeing it, you know, the, the changes that are going to have to be made in radio. You, you know, I come from a, a long newspaper family history, you know, three generations. And you know, in a lot of ways, newspapers might be the ghost of, you know, Christmas future for um, what radio might be. So, you know, as these two stations, and I do, I would argue that there is room for two sports stations in a market this big. It's, it's one of the biggest in North America um, that, you know, they are having to look for audiences in ways that, you know, their predecessors didn't have to. Um, you know, everybody, if you wanted to hear, you know, it wasn't that long ago before social media that if you wanted to know who was hurt at Leafs practice, there was only one place you could go before the afternoon news or the morning paper, and that was the Fan 590 for its 2020 updates. Think about how long ago that was and how long ago that feels. It wasn't, doesn't feel like that long ago, but it is. So they have had to evolve and they've had to change and they have to find new audiences somehow. And I think what you're seeing here is sort of a manifestation of all of that. Well, I think the thing is, I mean, again, you mentioned the injuries and you go to practice. I mean, if a, if a player's wearing a different sweater, he's taking two steps out of the dressing room and it's tweeted right across the country instantly. So, I mean, the news you're reading or hearing about later on has been decimated or, or has been distributed, I should say, uh, across the uh, country hours earlier. And if well, you listen yeah, to these guys speak, news, it's commodity news, and that used to be, you know, why you listen to the fan twenty twenty updates because but, Howard Berger would have that all for you. But now, now you can, you know, if you're at, but now you're who at, cares? At because break, it's there. Yeah, it doesn't matter now because then again, yeah. if you listen to what a lot of these guys are talking about later on in the day, all they're doing is regurgitating what was written in the paper in the morning. So this is where I come back to the point where the stations have to allow these guys to voice more opinionated comments on what's happening. Like Jeff O'Neill, we knew enough and that Leaf ran a couple of weeks ago. That's been one of the most controversial ones of the year. And it's been replayed many, many times on different stations or different radio broadcasts and podcasts. That's what the fans want to hear. They don't want to hear that, you know, Austin Matthews scored two goals last night and he's playing good. 
And that's, that's unfortunately, what we hear most of the time. Well, I think there that, I mean, Canadian radio, Canadian sensibilities, and I've spoken with, I have spoken with you know, upper management about this, that, you know, Canadian radio personalities are a bit hamstrung in a way that, you know, we don't want to hear, you know, the American shows where they spend a half hour yelling at each other. You know, I'm not going to name names, but you know what the shows would be if you'd happen to cross them. Yep. You know, some of them are syndicated up in Canada, and they're just, <laughs> to my ear, there's some of the most unpleasant broadcasting that exists on the face of the planet. It's people taking, you know, intellectually dishonest positions just to yell at each other and try and be entertaining and, and desperately try to get noticed and move the needle somehow. It's it's been suggested to me by by folks up top, and I think it's you know I, I I don't know what the ratings for those syndicated American shows would be, but I think they'd bear it out that we just as as a collective sort of Canadian audience don't really receive that well. The, you know the yelling at each other that's that's not really what we do. No, so if you're looking at if you're looking if you're looking at you know things like Overdrive, they're not going to do that. So what do they do? What do they find their way in? And I think that I think what that is is just the bunch of friends sitting around a table and trying to make each other laugh sometimes and there's nothing wrong with that that's the way it should be exactly that's the point absolutely and i'm not saying I'm, I'm i'm not saying that you know i'm i'm for the yelling at each other yeah. i mean I, I don't think i can last more than 30 seconds before i roll my eyes and turn the television off as quickly <laughs> as i can or, or type an email to them or a text to them and go, what the heck are you talking about? Come on. <laughs> but that's what, that's what encourages discussion. That's what engages people to listen further because you, like, it's like Howard Stern. I mean, they hated his guts at one time, but they turned him on every day to listen to what he was going to say next. Yeah, and that's the thing the that drives thing. guys. Just because the, the, the tenor is so different. Howard Stern would do things to try and make you laugh, and he'd be outrageous. This is people generally trying to... Like I'm talk, we're talking about some of the Americans now, yeah. um, genuinely trying to stir up controversy that really shouldn't exist. And, and that isn't what either yeah. or any of the shows on the fan, to their credit, to their lasting and immense credit on 1050 or 590, try to do. Sean, what do you, uh, think, I, of, what do you think of the Blue Jays and what impact they have on Rodgers? That's going to be fascinating. And if we're keeping it to the fan perspective, so, I mean, you talked about context and, and your station manager very rightly preaching sort of caution and, you know, what this discussion goes to. This is the winter rating. So this is the 13 weeks through the winter. So through the, the end of November to the first week of February, this is the ratings period. You'll note that the Blue Jays don't play in any of those weeks. So, Here's the really interesting thing is that if the Blue Jays come out of the gate and they are just tremendous again, and, you know, Vlad Jr. and everybody makes everybody care, TSN has no answer for that. They don't have baseball. They don't have that programming. And that is, that is all the fans. And I think that if the Blue Jays are good and they're strong and they drive an audience again, then the fan will be back atop the ratings book in a relatively short period yeah. of time. Yeah, because three years ago when the Jays were in the uh, playoffs, the ratings were sky high. And uh, it makes a big difference with the Blue Jays. Well, yeah, of course. No, and, it, it, and, that's but, not coincidental, for sure. But to your point there, they do have to fo- all, the, all the networks have to follow them. So to the Blue Jays' benefit, not, nothing negative is going to be said. So if you look now at all the press coming at them, they've got five young, five Cy Young winners starting. They've got four MVPs on the team, and they're be nice, Mike. Be nice. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> it, like it's 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 funny how you see it, and and you know, reality is people understand know that that's not the case. So people again are guarded of what they're going to say because you know you do want the viewership to come at you. 
Well, I mean, the other thing is too is that it is spring, right? Like we're 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 here in March. Like this is this is where everybody. Oh, this goes on everywhere. Yes. Yeah. This this is the time where hope springs eternal, and then is slowly you know squeezed out of your lungs you know through May, June, and July. But yeah, no, I mean everybody has a chance in March. Everybody. And I guess I mean that's the thing, and and that will be the thing that you know that that might be one way that you see separation between ten fifty and five ninety is that, you know, if the Blue Jays, you know, do go on a 10-game slide early, um, you might see it discussed one way on one station and one way on the other. And, I, you know, maybe that's because one company's a bit, you know, trying to or, or, or maybe freer or however you want to position that to discuss, you know, what, what they see versus, you know, another company that, that might have a bit more riding on what the Blue Jays do and don't do on the field. Well, that is uh, a, it is a fascinating subject, Sean. Uh, you know, we, with great interest, we'll watch moving forward. Obviously, we obviously have a bit of a vested interest ourselves in doing what we're doing right now. So uh, we thank you for joining us and uh, looking forward to seeing what you've got for us in the future. Thanks again, Sean. Thanks so Sean. much for having me, guys. Thanks, Thanks Sean. Sean. Okay, uh, boys, just, so we got a couple minutes here to wrap. Uh, just, uh, on, on that point, uh, uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know TSN and Sportsnet are in a are in a competition now, and I guess at the end of the day, uh, they both have to up their game, and it's probably going to be for the betterment of all the listeners. Uh, uh, you know, you get competition, and everybody's got to perform better. So that you know what, as sports talk listeners, that's probably good for all of us. Because uh, well, how about you know, me? Well, how about me, Wally? How about no, a, no, was, how about a shameless segue? Uh, hold hey. on, Mike. I was about to segue into that uh, conversation. Of course, I wanted to announce and let you give you the opportunity of uh, sharing with our listeners this great new podcast that uh, you're involved in. So, well, I don't know about great, but uh, well, you know, uh, you know we'll, I'll let you take it over. Oh. You're, you're doing some you're doing some affiliation with the hockey news. Tell us. Tell our listeners all about your podcast. Oh, thanks, Wally. I was just um, we're, Rick Vive and I are doing a podcast with the Hockey News. Uh, it's on their site. You can go to hockeynews.com. It's called Squid and the Ultimate Leafs Fan. Listen to our first episode with Builder Lego, and you'll find out why he's called Squid. Uh, we're going to come on a weekly basis. We're going to just try and touch on things, Maple Leafs, talk on hockey subjects. We're going to bring on some interesting guests from the past and go to maybe our genre, but we will talk to some of the younger generation, obviously, with uh, Rick, uh, but the 54 goals and Austin Matthews approaching that number. Uh, so that's really where we're at. And you can reach us on, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at uh, The Ultimate Leafs Fan or You Leafs Fan on Twitter at, and Ricky Five, you just look up Rick Five. Uh, and if you can just have a listen, send us your questions or some of your thoughts, and we'll try to get them if you do have things along those lines. But uh, we're pretty excited about it, and Wally, and thanks for the plug. No, anytime, Mike. Uh, Naz, we, wish all, we wish you all the best on that. Well, just listen, okay? Listen and give me your critique. I want you two guys to let me know what's going on. At least they're going to win three this week. Oh, that'd be, oh, you know what? On that note, what a way to finish. We'll take that one, Naz. Three and oh. Okay, guys, we'll call it another uh, week, another great show. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.